Hey guys, I'm recording this here on April 5th. It's Sunday. Everyone's trying to survive the crisis. Quick note to you guys, we are moving. You know, you used to delay these episodes by, you know, four to eight months after we recorded them in terms of releasing them on the podcast. We've changed that. A lot of these interviews you're going to hear over the next many months are going to be ones we recorded only days prior. We think that's a smarter way to run the show. I've made the change. So expect more urgent information coming out. Secondly, I am getting destroyed on iTunes reviews by these people that say Nathan's rude, he's hard hitting, blah, 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 which by the way, I am. It's part of my style. It's what works. The problem is people that love that style never take the time to go leave a five-star review. So I only get one or five-star reviews on iTunes. And right now there's a streak of one-star reviews that is driving me crazy. It would mean the world to me, guys. If you're loving the show, you love how direct I am, you like the style, if you go leave a review on iTunes now, if you do that and tweet it to me, text it to me, email it to me, whatever you want. I'm going to reply with a very special surprise. I think a lot of you guys will really like it is heavy, heavy data oriented. All right. So I appreciate that. Thanks guys. Enjoy the show. Stitched insights, helping brands better understand customer sentiment, how they're feeling, doing SWOT analysis and not just doing the analysis, but also ranking. We'll see how it performs, obviously, in a time when obviously there's a potentially a global recession here. Shifts change, but people still care about what opportunities and how their customers are feeling. And Dimitri hopes he can position himself nicely in that niche. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Dmitry Pavlov. He's the founder and chief executive officer of Stitched Insights, which is helping uh, companies predict opportunities and threats to their customers and how happy their customers are. Dmitry, you ready to take us to the top? I'm ready to fly. All right. So give us some context on the company real quick for people that missed uh, your first interview. So is this like an MPS kind of tool or what? Um, actually, we're launching something very similar to an NPS tool, but this is much deeper. This is essentially uh, we're trying to upend traditional market research by leveraging a new state-of-the-art kind of deep learning natural language processing. And by doing that, we're actually able to generate uh, things that are more predictive than surveys, really. We're able to understand customers on a level that traditional market research hasn't been able to. Is it push or pull? Are you pushing on a survey that customers have to fill out and you're analyzing the survey or is it some other way you're pulling information from them? Good point. Yeah, we're definitely pulling. So this is unobtrusive research. This is a way of asking users without really bothering users. What we found actually, and, and I know you've, you've interviewed lots of folks that have uh, you know, approached this space in terms of customer feedback, market research, lots of times, and all of the approaches are really good. And what, what we found is a lot of users and customers are actually trying to communicate with, with the brand almost every day across lots of different channels. And a lot of the firms we're working with have hundreds of thousands of customers calling in, sending uh, support tickets, support emails, every month. So they're trying to do is trying to understand what are the issues to their customers, but they're also buying a bunch of research that tells them that does you know, surveys that conducts other you know, market research companies conduct surveys, et cetera, that that is that is a push type of survey. So there's push and pull going on. So what we realized is all of that data is valuable. What we do is we collect all of that data that has been survey data, that is submitted organic user data. We actually integrate it with our system to create this, um, essentially, there's a strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats that are ranked with uh, with our deep learning system. Okay. So we're actually giving ranked opportunities and threats based on what people are actually telling companies. So you're ranking essentially SWOT analysis based off customer input, surveys, support tickets, whatever usage metrics. Yeah, so that's that's one iteration, right? So we've we've launched. So since since we last talked, we've actually launched um, a, a commercial commercial product in the retail space that does what we're talking about. It looks at market and retail opportunities and threats. 
and essentially is able to lay out, here's what your competitors, customers really care about versus here's what your customers really care about. These things move the needle more. And we're looking at psychographic things. But we're also, since since we've last spoken, we've also um, engaged with channel partners. We're also looking at market research as, as an additional channel partner as well. We've gone through system integrators. So these are folks that are actually on the market research side, the ones that are conducting the surveys. So we're actually partnering with the folks that are doing surveys and processing their text in a way that they have never been able to process before. They've been throwing manpower and essentially consultants and, and professional services at these problems. So with these new partners, you know, you launched in 2018 when you last came on, which was November of 2018, you told me you had about five customers at the time. How many are you serving now today? Right. So that was that was really, really cool. So we've, uh, you know, as, as you know, we're an early stage kind of technology company. It's to, to ramp up the growth is is very important to do carefully in the correct focus. So we've been very careful in who we're partnering with. So since then, um, last year, we've uh, essentially did a did a couple of POCs with some really big, big brand names um, and, and, a, and a number of smaller pilots with some uh, mid mid tier folks. And at, from that, we've actually found that retail and market research is is our beachhead essentially. So we've now partnered with um, with two additional large brands. So we've actually engaged with a uh, one of the largest media conglomerates, and we're working on a very very cool use case with them. And we're actually working on an expanded expanded uh, pilot. So Dimitri, are you still working then with about five customers? There's very different customers than they were two years ago. So there are no. So we have actually now about nine nine folks that we are engaged with. Okay, but are those like SaaS contracts? So like monthly or annual yeah. recurring? So these are the bigger folks. These are uh, so these are expanded pilots. So we've launched pilots with them earlier this summer, and now we're working on the the larger one. So our, our goal is to reach about a million and a half ARR by end of this year, uh, with a mix of about two to three of the large logos and about five to ten of the of the mid market folks. Okay, so and one five. Folks, one five AR target for 2020. What did you finish 2019 at? Uh, we finished actually uh, below. We, we, we squeaked under having um, any substantial ARR last year. And, and we're kicking in this year for, for our actual engagements. So last year was a lot of POCs and a lot of one-time pilot engagements. Essentially. So a few, okay, so ignore SaaS revenue and ARR for a second. If you just look at cash collected last year from these POCs, from the pilots, from any consulting stuff, what was that in 2019? Yeah, so I'll give you a range. Maybe sure. um, it's it's in the realm of of 100k or so. Okay. Um, yeah. So but. so so this is. I mean, look. By the way, this is fine. So when you came on in 2018, you said you did about 60,000 that year. Again, early stuff, building the product. Still, last year you get up to about 100,000. Again, early testing things like that. You're kind of hunting around. Who can I land into a SaaS sort of contract? Right. Um, are you still doing all this bootstrapped or be raised? Uh, we actually we we did raise last year. We were I guess officially considered venture backed this point, which is really cool. We've brought on board some really, really good folks that are strategic investors. We're very careful about not, you know, over raising. We, you know, how much we, did you raise? Um, we raised a little over a hundred thousand okay. last year, which let us essentially get into our strategic accounts right now. Um, and, and out of those folks we are actually able to bring on, on board a couple of really strategic advisors that are, are very senior at, at some very targeted firms for us. Yep. So, yeah, and so, so how are you funding all this? Because again, when you came on in 2018, you told me you had about 10 people with just 60,000 in total revenue for the year. Uh, I, either you found cheap labor or you're putting a lot of your own money behind this to cover losses while you build it. 
So initially I did put a lot of money behind this and made a bunch of stupid mistakes. That was before really even Stitched Insights took shape. We you know, burned burned money on tests and, and designs and things that were that were super. How bad was it? Like you burned a hundred grand or ten grand or what? Uh, yeah, actually a little under a hundred grand, okay. maybe. I mean, maybe like fifty grand of building a website we didn't really need yeah. that since then. You know, a bunch of bunch of founder stories that were really true. And, and since then I've realized, okay, we can actually bootstrap a lot of this in a way that um, partnerships let you bootstrap in a way that that you couldn't otherwise. So GSV Labs is we're a portfolio company of GSV Labs. So through that partnership, we have lots of lots of really great um, you know, discounts and and credits and things like that that we've been leveraging. Um, my like there's law services and there's you know hosting services. There are hundreds of thousands of dollars of credits, for instance. The other side of this is we do have cheap labor essentially because the folks that are that are involved with the company really believe in in what we're doing. So the team right now has grown to 13 folks. We have uh, about half, a little less than half of the team is full-time at this point, and the rest is part-time. The, the full-time folks are taking still a discounted salary, basically. We, we started a very small trickle of pay uh, at the beginning of, the, of this past year for, for our executive team. And basically, the idea is we're building this in order to get it commercial ready by the end of this year. When we reach essentially Series A readiness, we're all going to come on board and start really... How do you, as a guy that's moving from MVP to trying to scale in the midst of a global recession and a massive crisis, the likes of the world hasn't really seen before? I mean, how many of these full time, you know, you have your executive team can keep working for just equity when maybe their spouses at home just got laid off or don't know what their work's going to look like? I mean, how do you handle all this? No, absolutely. And this is this is such a crazy time right now where you know lots of uncertainty drives a lot of um, you know, a, a lot of a lot of behavior that that wouldn't have been wouldn't been otherwise. What I'm seeing right now is is again kind of this divide between folks that have a little bit of a buffer and are using this time to meditate and to grow and to kind of focus on things, and folks that don't have a buffer that didn't have the luxury of of having resources like this all around them that are are jumping to okay, what do we need to do? The folks that we have on, on, on my team, we are we do have the luxury of having a buffer. So right now is actually a very productive time for us. We have brought on board a, a new big customer in the last actually um, kind of about a few weeks. Um, the idea being the idea being that this is a way to actually work within the system. Our our company, the idea of our company is to be able to capture the the general emotion and, and sentiment that people are trying to convey to brands to improve the products and services. Doesn't and brand- everyone right now kind of feel the same way, which is scared shitless? Like, do I have to, does, do, as a brand, do I have to run our survey to my customer base to be like, how are you feeling right now? But you know what? So yeah, but you can do that and you can ask a few customers, how are you feeling right now? But what, what you want is you want to be able to really have a baseline measure of how are people, how are competitor customers feeling against my customers? What's making my customers really anxious and upset? What's really driving this? Like you, you, so brands are really focusing on how do we make customers less anxious? How do we improve the lives of our customers? Mm-hmm. How are you baseline measuring that without really asking everybody, everybody in person? So what we found is actually there's a much better unobtrusive way of baselining 
where is that customer psychographic sentiment at? Yeah, but Dimitri, what I'm asking though is right now, and in, in right now in this moment, any brand, I don't care if you're Equinox, the gym, or Capital One, the credit card, when they try and, if they email their customer base, customer base and say, how are you feeling right now? What are you most anxious about? You know, three months ago, Equinox person might have said, your gym is dirty. Or Capital One people might have said, your CDs don't pay enough. Right now, everyone is saying, I need a fucking face mask and hand sanitizer, and I don't want to die, right? Like so everyone's- the top, Right, <laughs> so that's a good point. So those are the top three, four concerns. So that's, so what you're actually, what you're actually telling me is one of the top reasons that, um, Product managers, especially, think that no, we have we have market research covered. We already know what our biggest issues are. We we know that people just hate insulation, so that that's what we focus on. But the problem isn't isn't what are the top three most important things to customers are screening about. The thing is, has it leveled off? How are overall conditions impacting this? The trend of each thing, and are you as a company trying to fix or improve any of this? So then, how do you measure that? Is an improvement or is, is this increasing or decreasing in terms of anxiety or whatever you're trying to change, whatever your KPI is? What you have to do as a company is then go call the person and ask them again. Are you less anxious now that we did this? We put out a new campaign. How do you feel about this? Yeah, but Dimitri, like, that's what I'm saying. Isn't that a little insensitive right now? If any brand did that right now, they'd say, dude, I don't care about your campaign. I'm trying to survive a virus with a family at home of so three that's, people. So that's, exact, so that's exactly right. So doing advertising and marketing latest could actually really hurt brand reputation. So wouldn't you want to be able to track, hey, we should not be pushing out this type of messaging right now because people are like appalled by it. Isn't by that this. obvious? Like, why do I have to buy Stitch Insights to figure that out? So I, I would hope it's obvious, but it, it's first of all, it, it's not. What, what What's obvious about what you're doing as a company, what you're trying to improve, right? So just my, my background is product marketing and, and building kind of product roadmaps is just, is just kind of my bread and butter. So what do we develop next? Or what do we build to help our users, you know, solve a job or, or improve a situation, right? How do you decide as a company, this is the next thing for us to, to work on because we, we statistically believe this will impact our, our KPIs the best. You can sit down and do this math and ask your users constantly. And that's what we're doing right now. We're creating these general trend lines and saying, we believe that, you know, for the next six months, this is going to be impacting everybody severely. So, hey, let's not advertise. Let's really just focus on health and how do we focus on health impact? And can we decrease? So, so face masks are necessary. People are really freaked out about face masks. How freaked out? When? Is it increasing? Is it decreasing? This is sort of important to know, I think, in general. I don't think you need such insights to know if, if it's important or not. Well, that's my point, right? It's like, how do you actually get new customers in this kind of environment? People don't care about running research reports like their latest mock-up UI on their new product. People right now are like, how do I get messaging right so my brand doesn't look like an ass in the middle of a global recession and a, and a virus outbreak? Like, that, that's, that's what I'm trying to figure out. No, that, that's, too, that's totally fair. And that, that's, by the way, you know, I don't have the answer, obviously, to, to kind of what do brands do and, and should people keep buying or selling? My, my sense is that the world does not need to stop. My sense is we need to be really focused on what is the most impact for what we're working on right now? Where, do, where is it bringing sort of the most value? And from my perspective, brands and companies shouldn't fully stop services, for instance, developing. Like we're working with, with the largest brands, kind of Fortune 100 and 500 folks. They're global brands that a lot of their, a lot of their products, customers still, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of large manufacturers, for instance, that 
still develop things like refrigerators and toaster ovens, and they're not going to stop building those things. And they still have this slated in production, and there's still brand new big appliances that are being launched, and there's small appliances being launched still. This is not going away. I mean, these are billion, multi-billion dollar businesses that people still need to to, to work on, right? So these 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 times are shifting priorities, but they're not completely throwing the baby out with the bathwater in terms of what's important still. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see how it pans out. Um, we're out of time here. Let's what's wrap. Your perspective? I'm, I'm curious. I'm curious what your perspective is. I just though, I don't I don't see how you sell customers on a customer feedback tool in a time where everyone cares right now about not dying. I think it's like, it's like trying to sell someone who has just fallen out of an airplane, like a tissue and saying, hold it above your head and try to use like a pair. Like it just doesn't matter. It's like, it's irrelevant right now. So I hope you're able to, like, I hope you find a position where the product, like maybe it's with manufacturers or something like it works. I just, but I don't know. I could be totally so, wrong. So, so come back, so come, these- come back on and come back on. You have to come back on in six months and give us an update. Let us know. A- absolutely. Absolutely. But, but just to, to just kind of put a, put a last, last point on it is the systems integrators are really right now really struggling to understand what are all the customers telling them. There's a lot of people calling support support centers saying these are all issues to us. These centers are still really struggling to understand what all the massive issues are. There's system-wide errors everywhere. There's timeouts. There are things that are outside of the immediate priorities that also need to be focused on. And when brands drop those, that that's not a great that's not a great move. So we're focusing on the use cases that are not just top of mind, but we're focusing on all of the long tail as well, which actually drive a lot of the revenue for a lot of these brands, what we're finding. So next time we talk, I'd love to actually share some use cases of the brands we're working with. And I'd be very curious to your point to see where this shifts. I mean, you know, as an early stage, I'm a first time founder. I'm, I'm trying to navigate through these waters, you know, with, with everyone as well. Um, I'm looking to you. You're you're one of my folks that I'm, I'm looking to to see how how you're navigating this. Well, well, the genius of what I've built is um, I don't have to be smart. I'm just a curator. I just interview CEOs, right, and just ask everyone else, and then I curate the thoughts. So I appreciate you listening, man. Keep tuning in, and this is good feedback for everyone else that's kind of moving out of MVP phase, trying to scale in a time where again there's a global crisis. So on that note, let's wrap up here with the famous five. Number uh, number one, favorite business book. Uh, favorite business book. Um, I was just given a book called Never Split the Difference. Yeah, that's a good one. Number um, two, is there a CEO you're following or studying? CEO. Um, Harper Reed is, is a CEO I really like. He was uh, modest and he was the CTO for the Obama campaign in 2012. Yep. Number three, is there a favorite online tool you're using to build the company? Favorite online tool. Ooh, that's a good one. Um, ooh, I, you know, I really enjoyed using Squarespace to throw up some landing pages. That was really cool. Number four, how many hours of sleep to get every night? Oh, at least seven and a half. That's good. What's your situation? Married, single kids? Uh, Single with a girlfriend. Okay. Uh, No kiddos. And how old are you? I am 32. I think I'm 33, April 9th. Okay. Happy early birthday. Uh, Last question. What do you wish your 20-year-old self knew? 20-year-old self? Oh, man. So much. Eat better. Uh, Vegetable oil is terrible. Sugar is the devil. Um, Sleep more. Guys, Stitched Insights, helping brands better understand customer sentiment, how they're feeling, doing SWOT analysis, and not just doing the analysis, but also ranking. We'll see how it performs, obviously, in a time when, obviously, there's a potentially a global recession here. Shifts change, but people still care about what opportunities and how their customers are feeling. And Dimitri hopes he can position himself nicely in that niche. Dimitri, thanks for taking us to the top. Thanks, Nathan.